You're listening to Her Brilliant Health Radio, episode number 44. She used to deliver babies, but now she delivers exceptional wellness for women. Welcome to Her Brilliant Health Radio, where holistic women's health expert and board-certified OBGYN, Dr. Kieran Dunstan, shares revolutionary insight from leading experts on what you need to know today to treat the root cause of disease, heal, and create the radiant health you've been searching for. It's Dr. Kieran here with another episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio. Today I have a special guest who I met on YouTube and I stumbled upon her channel about the sacred feminine and goddesses and I started watching and I just became enamored with her very quickly. She has a wonderful way of helping to educate women about the sacred feminine. And she's going to talk with us about exactly what the sacred feminine is and how it can help us achieve brilliant health. So Saima Karal is an international sacred feminine coach, healer, speaker, retreat leader, and number one Amazon bestselling author of the books, Goddess Reclaimed and Manifest Soulmate Love. She holds an honors degree with distinction in psychology and a certificate in counseling from the University of Toronto and is a certified Reiki master, yoga and meditation teacher, spirit guide, and Akashic Records coach. She is dedicated to empowering soulful women heal their deepest wounds, manifest their boldest dreams, and flourish in every way. Saima immersed herself in the healing arts at the age of 14 to overcome the deeply damaging effects of extensive abuse and trauma. In addition to healing herself, her intensive spiritual work led her to co-create a life she never dreamt possible, leaving a toxic corporate career to follow her calling, manifesting and marrying her soulmate, transforming women's lives through her heart's work, and traveling the world with her beloved husband. She loves nothing more than supporting fellow sisters to do the same, to transcend disempowering patterns, reclaim their full feminine power, and step fully into the goddesses. They truly are. Welcome, Saima. Welcome, Saima. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much, Karen. I'm so, so blessed to be here. Yes. So as I was sharing with you, I had stumbled across your YouTube channel one day. I don't remember what, you know, how it gives suggestions and I clicked on it and I watched a few videos and just became enamored with you and all that you had to offer women. Because also as I was explaining and I want everybody to know, my journey of healing hasn't just been about the physical. Even though I'm an MD medical doctor, that I have learned that healing is about so much more than medical doctors are trained in. And particularly it's about the energetic and subtle bodies. And that gets into fields that I had no knowledge of from medical school that I've had to educate myself on post-doctorate. And part of it has been 
this divine feminine and sacred feminine and really looking at balancing the energetic body, masculine and feminine. And I thought, I, I immediately thought watching you, I want to have you come on the podcast and talk to everybody about what this is, because I want this podcast to be a source of information about healing globally physical health, energetic health, life health, and living brilliant lives. So that's why I wanted to have you here for everybody listening. And can you help everyone understand, because most people probably listening have never heard of what we're talking about. So what is the divine feminine? What is the sacred feminine? Uh, thank you so much for asking that. I, I'm so passionate about teaching about the divine feminine because I feel us women especially, but women and men, we all need to hear uh, about this forgotten aspect of the divine because our culture has really focused on the masculine God and the masculine aspect of God. Um, and I think we've been a little afraid to venture into the goddess and the divine feminine. I was raised in a Muslim household. I went to Catholic school, um, you know, so I really understand sometimes when we're brought up in certain religious backgrounds, we may hesitate from, um, learning about different deities because it's considered you know blasphemous and heresy and you can't mm -hmm. have an, another god but uh because of my own healing journey uh, and my background with sexual abuse uh, that happened in my childhood i had to go on this healing journey really early in my life due to post-traumatic stress and um a whole bunch of symptoms that happened with that specifically around my womb and the healing around the you know the sacral chakra the sexual chakra because of all that violation and trauma that was stuck there mm -hmm. and i also similar to you found that whether i went on the you know birth control pill to to manage all of those symptoms or um e even counseling psychology which was helpful it there was still a lot of trauma that was left and it led me to explore this divine feminine and discovering even uh, starting at the age of 13 this goddess Aphrodite I, I think she was my first introduction to the feminine I'm a Taurus and Taurus is ruled by Venus Aphrodite and I learned about this Greek Roman goddess who was born nude and naked and she was the embodiment of love beauty sacred sexuality and this was so foreign to me right coming from this background with all those things are riddled with shame mm -hmm. um, and guilt. So uh, this was this whole new world that opened up to me and I couldn't do it out in the open with my family, you know, to say I'm learning about goddesses now, but it was so essential in um, reclaiming my power and all that was taken away from me, mm -hmm. healing my womb and, uh, you know, just my sense of self, emotionally, mentally, and even physiologically, I know this helped me a lot. And the divine feminine is the goddess in so many, many forms. So after Aphrodite, I learned about goddesses from all over the world, um, ancient cultures who have them, and indigenous cultures who still have them, Eastern cultures who have them, where they're still very much revered today. Mm -hmm. What I would love for everyone to open up to is, um, Whatever their spiritual background, you can be atheist, you can be, you know, a devout Muslim, Catholic, uh, whatever, you know, your spiritual orientation is, the goddess is within everyone. And we can connect with her in any way that we're most comfortable with. So if you're comfortable thinking of the goddess or the sacred feminine as an archetype, right, she is more of this uh, universal psychological 
idea and um, you know this this concept that we can activate within ourselves. So there's the warrior goddess, you know, who women can summon when we are going through a big challenge and we're maybe overcome with fear. We can summon summon Sekhmet, who is a goddess, Egyptian. She has a lioness head, mm-hmm. and in ancient Egyptian culture, the they didn't have a god of war, they had the goddess of war. So you can summon your inner warrior goddess or Kali and Durga from the Hindu traditions, Freya from Norse. So just as an example, goddesses come in so many different archetypes. So there's not just one uh, uniform, even archetype of the sacred feminine because what I love about her is she's like us women, extremely multifaceted. And when we begin to open to the goddess and the sacred feminine, it becomes such a beautiful journey of seeing that all these goddesses uh, represent the full range of womanhood. Mm-hmm. There are goddesses of wrath, like Pale. She is the Hawaiian goddess of volcanoes. Yeah. Uh, here in my book. And she is, yeah, I'd love to show everyone her image just because sure. she had her uh, drawn. So she's erupting out of her volcano. And even in this initiation in my book, Goddess Reclaimed, it's about honoring your sacred rage. So whereas I feel, um, you know, sometimes spiritual traditions focus on forgiveness and kindness and all that, the goddesses give us permission to embrace the full range of our humanity, men and women. So there are goddesses of rage, there are goddesses of grief, there are goddesses of the underworld, which is our unconscious, <coughs> shadow, and being okay with those human experiences of envy or um, self-loathing and how we can love those parts of us into healing by embracing a goddess of the underworld, or I have earlier in here, Erish Kigo, who is the shadow within us, right? Yeah. So for me, the divine feminine is awakening to the full range of our own feminine power and different archetypes. Another way we connect with her, which we can get more into, is the goddess as Shakti. Shakti meaning divine feminine life force energy. And that is really tapping into the energetics of the goddess inside of you. And like Lakshmi behind me is the goddess of abundance. So when we release Lakshmi inside of us, we're releasing the source of abundance from within, which is the feminine way to create. Whereas the masculine might be, you know, hustling and working really hard and accomplishment, the goddesses of abundance remind us that the source of abundance is our connection the infinite source, the ocean of abundance inside of us. So there are um, practices that we can, you know, just, you know, use in our daily lives that unleash this Shakti, the creative Shakti, the fertile Shakti, the abundant Shakti, the love Shakti, the intelligence Shakti, spiritual Shakti. So there's just, wherever you are on your path, your personal journey, your spiritual journey, the goddess is for everyone. And it's just so rich and beautiful when we start to tap into the sacred feminine. So I hope that I could talk about this one question for days. <laughs> right. Well, I love that. Everything that you said. And uh, I help women to understand that you don't just have a physical body. You have an energetic body. And that energetic body energy can neither be created or destroyed it it just transmutes forms and so it goes on forever and your energetic body is informed by all of these archetypes from thousands of years 
and part of the physical healing is acknowledging all these parts of ourselves and not disowning the parts or making them in the shadow like greedy i'm not greedy um angry i'm not angry which is a common one for women so isn't callie that anger energy yes right she's fearless she really helps us to overcome our fears mm -hmm. um Kelly I love because as a Hawaiian goddess of the volcano she teaches us that righteous rage can be like fire and she creates the Hawaiian islands by first you know she destroys and that's her righteous rage but when that lava fire when it cools it becomes rich dark soil that then creates paradise on earth right, right. island so it's like women when we tap into our volcanic rage it's so righteous and sacred like when we say no to an abusive situation and we set that boundary or walk away mm -hmm. from something that's really dishonoring disempowering us we might end something so that's that destruction but the fire of you know that righteous rage will help us to create a beautiful new paradise in our own life and and so we need to tap into that volcanic anger it's actually the goddesses teach us healthy and essential to honor everything that's mm -hmm. going on inside of us and so if if a woman's listening and maybe she's going through a situation where she really needs to invoke that energy pele or kali and she needs to step into maybe she's not used to expressing anger and she needs to step into her power around that. How would she utilize this, these goddesses to do that? I would love to give a couple of rituals. So number one is um, the feminine is embodied, right? So we can get really in our heads and a lot of the masculine traditions are more esoteric and spiritual and about, you know, accomplishing or achieving enlightenment and you know practicing mindfulness and that's very helpful and you know we can really benefit from that the way to embrace the feminine and particularly these two types of goddess energies is very physical so like i showed that dynamic picture of palais right mm -hmm. she's very um like erupting out of the volcano and kali is also this goddess of the dance of destruction and she mm -hmm. loves battle i'm just trying to find yeah here here we go so i have a picture of her in my book as well so you can see her just so loving the battle and um you know she's the warrior goddess and a safe way for a woman who's new to you know her her honoring her anger would be to create a very sacred and safe space in her own home where mm -hmm. she'll have complete privacy and put on some music so if you even look up on youtube uh, Kali Mantra, K-A-L-I is how you spell the goddess's name, Mantra. You can find usually a beautiful, you know, primal um, mantra music. And if you don't want to connect with the goddess per se, if that's against your beliefs, just any music that really pumps you up and <laughs> gets you in touch part of you. And begin to feel in your body through movement where you're holding your anger. And especially repressed anger, because as I'm sure you know, repressed rage and anger can, can implode on us and turn into dis-ease. Mm -hmm. So it's so essential, right, to release that energetically. So maybe play that music and begin. Kali um, uses the breath of fire and the lioness, like Sekhmet, who I was talking about as well, the lioness. Uh -huh. So begin to pant, sticking your tongue out and making noise and roaring, 
right? And ah, the lion breath. Yes, the lion, the lioness. Exactly. <laughs> Use your hands and sort of, you know, just unleash it. And whether it's five minutes, you know, or, or it doesn't matter, but letting that energy come out through movement, literally shaking it out um, until you feel that sense of release. And then I would always recommend after an experience like that, you want to ground yourself. Because that energy, what it does, it stirs up all that pent up energy. So you want to then ground. So mm -hmm. grounding can be as simple as sitting on the floor, um, imagining roots going from the base of your spine or the soles of your feet deep into the center of Mother Earth. Mm -hmm. And that is that will balance out everything that you released with then calming it and finding your center again. And then after that, I recommend just continuing self-care, maybe journaling out. Wow, I had no idea. Um, I realize I'm actually really angry at my dad. I thought I was angry at my boss, you know, mm -hmm. making me overwork. But it goes back to having to prove myself to my parents when mm -hmm. I was a kid. So sometimes, you know, when we're doing this, the deeper layers in the source of our true anger can be revealed. Sometimes it may be revealed as we do these practices over time. But it's just such a beautiful way to begin to tap into uh, that so we can go on this healing journey mm -hmm. and go deeper and deeper in uh, getting to the source of our anger or our grief or our rage. And you know what I mean? Just come back into that wholeness and be, be able to be there for ourselves. So that's just one little ritual. And there's so many more I can share, but like, you know, we've talked about right. it's also one mm -hmm. archetype of the feminine. So does that feel like that would be practical for your audience to hopefully yeah. track Yes. And so the one you shared, I was just going to share that if you're listening and you're going through a challenging time, maybe this is something that you want to do the ritual that Simon just shared, do it every morning. Um, first thing when you get up to call in that energy and strengthen that part of your energy body so that you are empowering yourself for the whole day yes. or if you're in a situation where you find that you're triggered and maybe anger is not something you're a terrain that you're used to navigating, excuse yourself and go in the bathroom. <laughs> right. right. You have to pet sort of, you know, not as loud, but just releasing that energy. And right. Karen, I love that you mentioned in the morning and uh, a follow up to that would be if they're doing the morning and they're in a situation because when I was in the corporate world, I had really, um, you know, bullying higher ups that I worked with. So, you can actually imagine yourself as a warrior, as Kali, holding a sword. And imagine that between you and that situation that's really causing that stress to you or, or taking away your energy and your power, because energetically, that's what happens. If we're in a toxic relationship or job, that is draining us of our power, usually around the belly or the solar plexus. But it can happen anywhere, depending on where you're more sensitive. Um, and so you take the sword and you imagine this toxic cord between you and that situation and you use your goddess Kali's might and you sever that cord and that way it actually detaches you and that situation or person, um, they can't keep siphoning your power, right? So, and then you might just want to breathe into the pit of your belly and light up that palais fire so that you are in your power and no one can take that from you. So keep that light burning bright. Yeah, I love that, the cord cutting. I've used that personally. Mm -hmm. And I just want to help everyone understand that 
if you're waiting for us medical doctors to really heal you and deliver you to the, the brilliant health and life that you're meant to live, it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And so really you need to take your healing into your own hands. And there's a reason that these traditions have been passed down for thousands of years. There is because there's validity to them. Anything that has validity is going to stand the test of time. So you can wait till science tries to do double blind placebo controlled trials on this, which I don't even know how you would do that. Right. Or you can see what resonates for you and maybe start trying it. And it's amazing when you have an open mind. I've used a lot of these things that we're talking about and even being a skeptic sometimes right. and, sure. and it really does help. Yeah. So just open, work, right? yeah, open your mind to it. So I love that. So what's another, um, say you are having illness um, and I'm not sure, but I think there are goddesses who are about promoting health. So what would be some goddesses you might share for in well, that? Genre? We're actually going through, um, illness there are a few that can help so there's specifically around our hormones there are goddesses like yamanya a yoruba african goddess and she is the goddess of the ocean and so as the ocean as woman we have this connected to connection to cycles womb right our periods are cyclical or you know uh mother maidenhood maiden motherhood and you know menopause um, all these are very sacred cycles we go through. So if our um, health challenge has to do with our hormones, Yamanya and goddesses like her are there to help us to re-sync ourselves with the cycles of nature, which are our own cycles. And this is the case even if you've had your uterus removed or you no longer have your period or anything like that, if it's out of balance, whatever the situation, um, we can begin, for example, to connect with the cycles of the moon and have rituals around this. So if um, you, the new moon, you might want to have that at a time where you're more energetic, maybe more social, more clear, setting your intentions and goals around the full moon, social, love, intimacy, date, community, family. And then as the moon begins to wane, that is the um, crone or the warrior's energy. And that's where we want to reflect, review, revise, retreat, replenish. Um, and uh, so we're going the new moon is the maiden energy, the full is the mother's energy, and the waning, the dark moon is the crone's energy, the wise woman, the healer, the seer, the warrior, as the witch. Mm -hmm. And so as we just tap into these cycles, if we have, um, if we're out of balance hormonally, that can really empower energetically regaining that balance um, or instead of going with the moon if you do menstruate regularly you can sync with that so for example um, your period is a shedding and so what are you releasing what are you letting go of afterwards really coming into the maiden setting your intentions and goals at ovulation it's love making um, communication presentation fruition launching things you know deadlines like that's just where we're so potent and creative mm -hmm. and then again as we're into that pms for me is powerful magical sorceress oh, <laughs> i love that that acronym i'm gonna so use that really tapping into your magical power we're more intuitive we're more witchy we're more 
Uh, so that's why we have that no filter. So people might think we're bitchy, but we're actually witchy. Witchy as in we're tapping into our spiritual power. So we don't have time for bullshit. So we're not going to be as patient. And we can really sense people's energies and get overwhelmed and be like, yuck, like that person's really drained me or, you know. And so that's why it's actually better to have more retreat time during that. So Yamanya is extremely helpful for, uh, and goddesses like her for the womb, womb wisdom and hormonal balance. Then there's, uh, there are two goddesses, Bridget. She is a beautiful Celtic goddess of healing. And this is uh, a lot of healing to do with, you know, herbal magic, alchemy. So alchemy is a really deep level of healing where in order to truly, it's transformation. And this requires many like a few phases, the first which is blackening, and this is sort of like the destruction of everything that is the source of why we maybe have this disease or challenge in the first place. Um, and that's usually the hardest part. Like in my case, that's when I experienced the depth of my depression. And in that, I realized that I had shame, self-loathing, extremely like low self-worth, fear of intimacy and not being good enough. And it's the most uncomfortable part. And this is where we're really, really facing our wounds at the deepest level. But then it's only through that process that we can begin the transformation of healing and transmuting that until we extract the gold, the wisdom, the power, the lessons, um, even like in a high spiritual level, level our lessons. So I know that in my path, um, not only were the lessons about learning how to parent myself, how to heal myself, how to honor and respect myself, but eventually that karmic journey became my dharma, my purpose and my mission to empower other women with this knowledge, right? Um, Bridget also helps a lot with natural medicine. So if it's um, herbs, supplements, you know, if you're more called to complement whatever you're doing medically with a holistic practitioner of some sort, she is sort of a patron goddess of that. And then my favorite <laughs> is Isis, who's behind me as well. So Isis is extremely multifaceted. Um, but she's the goddess of 10,000 names, so she really embodies the, all of her feminine power. But she, one of her, you know, major um, superpowers is goddess of healing, magic, and she was the goddess of the words of power and ritual and chant. So Isis invites women to begin our healing through maybe a mantra practice or affirmation, knowing that your voice is really powerful. She would remind us to be really careful of how we use the term I am instead of saying I am sick. You can know that you acknowledge you have an illness, but you can say, you know, I have this issue or I'm dealing with this issue, right? But not I am that because that's not who you are. Isis reminds us to be so empowered by the words that we use and I am healthy, I am healing, I am strong, I am powerful, I am supported. Um, or again, if you wanna be more spiritual, you can look into sacred mantra practices, mm -hmm. uh, sacred chants, uh, words of power are really special. And uh, she is the most, like very esoteric and spiritual. So Isis's healing comes through um, maybe a daily meditation practice where you're sitting and you're visualizing yourself, those parts of your bodies as healthy and healing, maybe having rituals. She loves rituals with um, 
you know, whether you're smudging yourself with incense or sage or anointing yourself with oils and practicing that self-love no matter what you're going through to still honor your body as your sacred temple. So Isis is a goddess to look into if you really want to embrace uh, the spiritual aspect of healing and especially the sacred rituals. So you, you mentioned your journey, which kind of led you to this path and has become your dharma. How did, what role did the sacred feminine and the goddesses play in your healing on, on a day-to-day practical basis? Because I know there are people who are listening who are going through stuff. They're going through shit, you know? And they kind of wonder, well, how do we do this on a day-to-day basis? So what did that look like for you? Yeah, I completely understand. So uh, in my healing journey, when I needed to go a little more in-depth, First, I learned about different goddesses, but for example, one goddess, uh, Kuan Yin, she is a beautiful Buddhist goddess. Uh, um, I would say, well, I mean, it's said that she helps with everything. She opens us to miracles. But what Kuan Yin really does is she helps us to tap into the lotus inside of our heart, which is our spiritual wisdom and grace. And um, she's a goddess of compassion. And for me, on my journey and what I invite others to consider is, I began to work with goddesses on 40-day sadhana levels. So when I was in my depression, I realized a lot of my issues came from childhood. Mm-hmm. And I needed to heal the inner child, that part of me that felt um, alone and unworthy and completely unlovable. So Kuan Yin's mantra, Om Mani Padmeham, and there are beautiful renditions of it on YouTube that we can find. I started uh, doing... a practice of that saying it on a mala bead of 108 beads so 108 mm-hmm. times 108 is a very sacred number because mm-hmm. we have 108 nadis which are many of us know maybe about chakras which are seven major energy channels mm-hmm. but nadis are a little more subtle um so nadis when you say um, a holy word or a mantra or even an affirmation 108 times mm-hmm. it's penetrating that shakti right, the energy through all 108 of those inner subtle energy channels. So for me, taking on, for example, a 40-day spiritual practice, uh, mantras I find to be both spiritual and practical because it's something you can do in 10 minutes every day or less. You can get a mala, you know, so you have this really tangible tool um, and you can chant like it. This. Like this. <laughs> like this. <laughs> yes, right? Yeah. And then... And you, and it helps you keep count. Everybody listening, we've got, I've got one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. So what I would recommend is then maybe dedicating yourself to uh, a deeper spiritual practice. 40 days is also very powerful because Mm -hmm. it's um, a sort of a spiritual incubation time to create the shift. And it has to be every single day for 40 days. If you're going to take on a month of practice, because that's just how the energetics of it work. If you forget, like I've had months of practice where I forgot on day 38 or nine to say <laughs> something happened. Maybe I was staying over my mom's or something. And you have to start then from day one because it's cumulative. Um, so that I found like a daily month of practice with a specific mm-hmm. goddess and so inner child healing. Kuan Yin then helped me to heal. She helped me to forgive. She helped me to find grace and wisdom um, in those experiences and be able to have a healed, 
healthy, happy heart and move forward. And I'm not saying it may only take 40 days, right? Sometimes it may take more. But I also then took on a Durga mantra. Durga is another warrior goddess of India. And she was there also to help me take back my power and to really rebuild my self-esteem. So it also depends on our, you know, on our sisters what phase of their healing journey they're in. If you feel like you need something more gentle, Kuan Yin is your girl, <laughs> your goddess, yeah. right? Uh, if you really just need a badass, powerful archetype, then maybe Kali or Durga. Um, and I'm talking about the Eastern ones specifically just because they have usually have a mantra practice that mm -hmm. you can find and you can chant for 40 days. Yeah, so that. That, would, that would be usually, and if a goddess doesn't have a mantra practice, I'll find some kind of little mini meditation that I might do with her for 40 days. Um, and that's fun because every day it might be something beautiful. I can set an intention, like if I'm doing uh, Aphrodite for self-love and healing my sexuality, uh, I might just ask Aphrodite to, you know, take me into a sacred ocean and bathe me and wash away my trauma. And I sort of sit back. If you're visual, you can visualize things. I find the visualization becomes quite spontaneous because these practices really hone your intuition and your gifts as well. Um, if you're struggling with, you know, maybe abundance, asking Lakshmi. Lakshmi does have a mantra, but you know, to come in to use your visualization. So I think depending on the woman, what um, practices resonate with you more, maybe customizing a ritual, but Connecting with a goddess on a deeper level for a 40-day period, I find, brings about great transformation. Yes. And just in modern-day culture, many people may not realize that goddesses often are a part of our everyday lives. For instance, one of my favorites, maybe my all-time favorite, Statue of Liberty. Yes is a goddess to me whom I've always loved and had a special connection with. Yeah. And then even my alma mater, Bryn Mawr College, mm. we had the goddess Athena of knowledge. Amazing. And so that college was... Cup. I always think the Starbucks, uh, right. you know, the mermaid. goddess to me. She is a goddess, the mermaid, you know, and she goes, she plumbs the depths and, of the uh, unconscious. Nike, like the grand, Nike was also the goddess of victory. Nike, so, right? you know, I feel like the goddess has always found a way. <laughs> right. So it's a really a, a part of our culture. And so maybe just looking around at what resonates with you. And when I see the Statue of Liberty or I think about her, I feel strong inside. So that's something I can call on. And then Athena from my alma mater, I feel just like I have invincible mind. Um, so just picking some that you have, have a connection with and maybe you have practices around it or maybe it's just something that you come back to. I used to have a little teddy bear that was this dressed up like the Statue of Liberty. Remember those little... Um, I forget the brand name, the little animals, they were there all the rage for a while and people were collecting them. The Shopkins? No, oh gosh, I can't think of it. Anyway, and all dressed in green, a green teddy bear with a green grape and a little green toy. So, yes. And um, what are some dramatic ways that you've seen people 
use the goddess and divine feminine and what, what have you seen it help women move through? If you could share examples, I think that would be wonderful. I have helped it change women uh, Mm -hmm. with any situation. So with my coaching clients, if a woman Mm -hmm. is afraid to leave, um, you know, an abusive marriage or or just maybe not even abusive, but just a situation where she feels really trapped or she's not uh, being respected or valued in her power, being honored, going from feeling like uh, she has no choice, you know, whether it's because of financial reasons or children to getting, you know, summoning her inner Durga, her Kali, her warrioress and becoming resourceful, becoming strong and leaving that marriage, starting a business, um, you know, or going back to the workforce, upgrading her skills and, you know, becoming a role model for her daughters or children. I've seen women who, um, struggled with manifesting love and just keep attracting really, you know, um, just the wrong types of partners for them who don't love, appreciate, or honor them to learning, tapping into Aphrodite, right? Learning how to fall in love with yourself, respect yourself, value yourself, and magically call in amazing men. And ultimately, many of my clients ended up marrying, uh, have gotten married to men who treat them like a goddess. But it's because a woman first healed you know any lack of self-love within themselves and it doesn't ever mean we become perfect right so uh it's not like tapping into the goddess means uh we're like superhuman but it just means that we tap into our true power and again that means our full range of humanness but i have seen women who um always struggled with getting underpaid at work to Mm -hmm. then either getting you know, tapping into Athena or Lakshmi and really knowing the value that they bring to their workplace and their colleagues, learning how to speak up, learning how to value themselves, and then either magically manifesting promotions and bonuses or just being like, enough of this shit at their current job and getting like a 50% raise at their next job. So, um, you know, practical situations, relationships, health, I've really seen women, depending on which goddess that they needed to tap into, I feel like the goddess always delivers. And what, what's happening is I believe it's divine grace. You know, it's not only that the, the on a heavenly level that these goddesses exist, you know, um, as divine beings, they're like angels, you know, to help us. But I feel like we're activating that Shakti and power inside of us. And so everything around us shifts to match and meet us where we are. And that's, process can sometimes be uncomfortable because, you know, there can be people in a life who might be threatened by our rising power and us mm-hmm. finally becoming healthy, especially when maybe we're in codependent friendships where we get together with our girlfriends and we just complain about everything all the time. And um, like I found on my journey, I had to, I lost some friends along the way where I was maybe like them, you know, more in victim mode and feeling powerless. But then when you start making these mm-hmm. bold, beautiful changes in your life, <laughs> then you see your old self with your friends and with compassion and you're trying to bring them like, oh, we can do this and we can change and you don't have to be with that guy or that crappy job or you can heal this, you know, health situation. Um, and sometimes people, you know, will want to join you and get inspired and rise up with you and sometimes they want to bring you down. So, mm-hmm. you know, the changes can sometimes, even though they're very empowering, mean that, um, you know, we have to be true to our path. But I feel like the goddesses will bless us no matter what, uh, because what you're really tapping into is your own feminine power. Wow. I love that. And I think you should make bumper stickers that say the goddess always delivers. I love that. (laughs) 
love them because there's so many things that God gets right. Like with God, all things are possible. We should love, but I think we need some some goddess ones as well. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing your your wisdom and your journey and just the knowledge that you have and just really helping us to understand another aspect of ourselves that we may not have known about and more tools that we may not have known about and had access to that now everybody listening can start to see what resonates for me. What do I want to incorporate into my life? Maybe get your book and look into the goddesses and see which ones resonate um, for her. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. Oh, it's my pleasure and it's my passion and it's my purpose. Yes, that, that's the best so thing to do. And I'd love it if you could just give three top take action steps for everyone because you've covered a lot of ground. What would be, if they're, they're interested, what would be the first three things you would recommend that they would do? Sure. I would uh, invite number one, uh, maybe say, um, what is my priority like of, of my life? Am I focused on my health or my relationship or money or whatever it is? Figure that out and prioritize it. Number two, maybe look into a goddess of abundance or goddess of love or goddess of healing, right? Mm -hmm. And look into a, a goddess that can serve as your sacred feminine ally in helping you to heal what you need to heal in that area and get empowered in that area. And then number three would be um, either look up a ritual that you can do with that to activate that part of yourself, you know, that goddess's power inside of you um, and start maybe doing it on a 40 day basis on a 40 day sadhana or spiritual practice. And so that way it's just like a, a nice simple way to focus on one part of your life and begin to explore working with at least one goddess in oh. life. I love that. So I challenge you, if you're listening, to take those steps and just start exploring and then see what changes happen for you. If it resonates with you, by all means, look, look into it. And Saima, the name of the podcast is Her Brilliant Health. What does that mean to you? That means to me a woman who's embraced her full goddess glory and has come fully into her sacred feminine power. Oh, I love that. That's another bumper sticker. So yes, that's, that's awesome. And you certainly exemplify that you've taken your pain and made it your purpose and your passion and you're helping other people. And that's what it's all about. And thank you so much for, for doing that um, for the world. The world needs it. Thank you so much. It's my honor. I'm so grateful every day. Thank you so much, Karen, for having me. Such a pleasure. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio. Hopefully you are inspired to take action on some new information you received today. A step towards the bountiful, blissful, beautiful vitality that you deserve. If you have health topics and questions you'd like addressed, please message me on my Facebook page or visit KieranDunstonMD.com and let me know. I'd love to help. Remember to share this podcast on social media and send it to your friends and family who could benefit from it too. If you love the show, please go right now to iTunes, write a review, and make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you'll be the first to know when future episodes are available. Thank you again for joining me. And remember, achieving optimal health isn't magic, it's science.